Switched On crew. Dan here with today's signals on learning how to respect light. With me is Anadi Martel, physicist, author, and founder of Sensora. A great quote from Anadi in the episode. The incredible effects that light can have on both physical and mental health, and even on the awakening of the consciousness. Come join us and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Switched On Podcast. Today we have Anadi Martel with us. Anadi is a physicist specializing in the study of therapeutic applications of light. He's the author of the recent reference book, Light Therapies, A Complete Guide of the Healing Power of Light. Welcome, Anadi. I'm really excited about this discussion, and I'd love for you to give a bit more background on yourself to everybody. It's my great pleasure to be here today, Dan. So, talking about light, um, light is such a universal thing around us that we tend to take it for granted and forget its, um, its beauty and its mysteries. And ultimately, it is still a mystery. I mean, even um, um, the greatest physicists um, have not unlocked really the, the uh, deep nature of what is light. Um, and uh, so it's good to remember that, that, that when you deal with light, you deal with something that, that's really... Um, what I find so fascinating about it as a physicist is that it's one of the few things in, around us that um, concerns both the physical uh, world, uh, because of course uh, nearly all the energy on our planet comes from light, comes from sunlight. It, it's, it cannot be any more physical than that. And on the other hand, um, we all associate light with uh, consciousness and, and with much higher aspects of, of uh, being. And so the same phenomenal light seems to connect with both of these dimensions. Um, and that, that's really part of its um, appeal and complexity. Yeah, I'm excited. We're going to be diving into that a bit more as we uh, go through this discussion. It's, um, I know myself, I was amazed at the fact that I had never stopped to consider that all not, all light was not the same. Uh, you know, I, I, I think I was blissfully unaware of really questioning the fact that, hey, wait a minute, you know, all light is not created equal. And the open awareness of that really started to have me questioning so many things around light. So uh, it's part of what made me so excited to, to talk to you today. Yeah, naturally, the ultimate reference when you talk of light is, is sunlight. That's really what started everything. All of light evolved under sunlight. So we are very finely attuned to the most minute properties of sunlight. Its spectrum, its rhythm uh, through our intensity throughout the day and, and so on. So indeed, sunlight is the, the, the reference um, to which we should compare. Uh, all of the sources around us. Uh, and naturally, sunlight is a mixture of all colors. It, it's a broad spectrum. It's a um, black body radiation spectrum. So uh, it contains all the colors within it of the rainbow. Um, 
And if you start to look at individual colors uh, separately, then you enter a whole different world of dealing with pure frequencies, one single frequency of light. Um, and that's, that's a whole other uh, area where you can apply the power of light. So it's, it, you can work both with broad spectrums, daylight, white light, uh, for our environment, for living, for um, um, being under the whole day. And that's one um, complex area in itself. And then you have the area of working with pure colors, pure frequencies, which uh, touches more on, on um, the healing properties of colors of, of light. Yeah. So I'm going to ask the broad question here, which I know is broad, but uh, I want to give everybody a reference point of why is light so essential to our health? And I know that that's big and you could probably talk for hours on that, but <laughs> what are what are some of the things you could summarize around why it's so essential? Well, first of all, as I just mentioned, it is the source of, of all our energy. Um, whether through food, because food was grown uh, through sunlight, uh, plants absorb sunlight and convert it into energy, which we then eat. So in, in this indirect way, um, we are entirely dependent on, on, on sunlight for our survival. But in more direct ways, um, it, um, it's being found out that we actually in some way also eat light directly ourselves. We have some uh, cellular uh, mechanisms within our cells that allow direct conversion of light into energy. And um, that is quite a recent discovery, actually. It's only based from the early 2000s. And um, that's the whole field of what's called photobiomodulation, where we now know that um, light can accelerate um, the metabolism of, of mitochondria within each of our cells. These are little energy engines that, that uh, convert uh, glucose into ATP, which is the, the unit of energy that uh, our body uses. And um, within those mitochondria, it's been found out that when you expose them to certain parts of the spectrum of light, you will accelerate, uh, stimulate that conversion. Um, so you can, in a way, modulate uh, that um, energy conversion through light. That's why it's called photobiomodulation. So that's a new phenomenon that uh, has been discovered fairly recently. And that has brought about a whole revolution in the way we use light uh, in medicine. And uh, we can now really talk about uh, a real field of medicine. Uh, which in which now thousands of researchers are involved around the world. And this is a, a new phenomenon. That up to um, the early 2000s, there were very few researchers in the medical field looking into this. Yeah. When I first started to investigate light myself, I had stumbled upon a YouTube and a paper, and it opened my eyes to this ATP mitochondria mechanism. And what they were in particular talking about was how some of the new forms of LEDs and other things were actually missing some of the vital parts of the spectrum that actually powered that mechanism uh, to take place 
uh, in our bodies. And I, I, up until then, I had no idea that my light was being manipulated in a way. Um, so I'd love for you to share a little bit about a little bit more about the current state of that. Hmm. Yeah, we, we've grown quite complacent about uh, artificial light. We kind of um, don't haven't been really thinking much about the potential health risks involved there. And the reason for that is that the light we've been using for most of the past century, uh, the incandescent light, is actually very similar to sunlight. It, it is a black body at, at a slightly lower temperature, um, around 20, 25,000 uh, degrees rather than 100 Kelvin rather than 5, 5 um, as in the sun. But basically, if you look at its spectrum, the incandescent light, it's very similar. It, it's like a small sun. So the impact on our biology has never been that much different from the impact of the sun itself. So there hasn't been really a health issue associated with artificial light. We've grown used to that over the decades. Uh, but now the situation has entirely changed since the introduction of first fluorescent uh, lighting, then recently LEDs. Both of these sources of light um, have spectrums that are completely different from the um, original sun spectrum. And because of that, they have very different effects on our health. Uh, and we have to relearn to take that into account in a very careful way. And uh, in, sometimes we're going a bit too fast in just uh, making use of uh, new technologies such as LEDs, which uh, enable great savings of energy. That's really one of the, the why LEDs were developed uh, in, in the first place, with in consideration for the health uh, impacts. And um, as we speak, in fact, these days, it, it, it has become a public uh, debate. Fortunately, there's much, uh, there's more and more awareness now of the, um, uh, the implications, and we are in a kind of transition phase where people who deal with lights are becoming much more aware of the importance of matching healthy light spectrums. As mentioned, the basic problem with LEDs is that they lack uh, well, one problem, there is a few, but uh, the one you referred to is the fact that they lack the red, deep red and near-infrared part of the spectrum. And this is the part of the spectrum that activates this mitochondrial uh, metabolism that we just uh, uh, mentioned. And sunlight has a lot of it, and, and we feel it in the form of heat. Sunlight is hot. So th there's a lot of energy, a big proportion of sunlight energy in the, that part of the spectrum. And same thing with incandescent light, they're very hot, they emit actually more energy in that part of the spectrum than they do in visible light. And this is in fact why they've been, um, we've been working so hard to replace them because we, people dealing with vision, feel that you're wasting all that energy in heat with incandescent lights, whereas what you want is something to, to uh, for, for vision. So, that's why fluorescent and LEDs uh, of light created to bring back the shift of emission right in the visible part of the spectrum and to eliminate that part of the spectrum that appeared to be useless, uh, a waste of energy in engineers' uh, terms. 
until you become aware of the fact that in fact this part of the spectrum has a very important purpose and simply removing it um, is a mistake and um, we, we gradually slowly it, uh, it's taking time but uh, um, we're gradually awakening uh, back to that um, that realization yeah i know that when <laughs> i learned about this we actually went through our house and put incandescent light bulbs back in everywhere to mm. you know just be around <clears throat> proper proper more natural light um so we we uh we have not done anything uh since then we've left them all incandescent so we've definitely bucked the trend well, if you have that luxury, it's great. Unfortunately, uh, it's becoming more and more difficult because they're, yeah. they're being phased out, and and uh, and the the so this lack of deep red and infrared is an issue. Another issue with LEDs is the fact that they have often um, too much blue uh, energy, the peak of energy in the spectrum, because actually the source of light within an LED light bulb is a blue LED. Uh, and it has phosphor around uh, a coating of phosphor on the, the bulb itself that converts those blue photons to a broad spectrum that we see as white light. But if you look at, at the spectrum of an LED light bulb, there usually is this peak of blue. And this peak of blue is right in uh, another very um, sensitive part of our um, health. And that's another big effect of light on our health that we, we didn't have time to touch on, on in the first question. And it's the, the, the rhythmicity of light, the circadian rhythm um, that drives up the whole chronobiology. And uh, chronobiology is a, a big thing. It, it's really fundamental to our health. And um, if you look at it, the, the, the Nobel Prize in Medicine from the couple of years back was given to the people who discovered uh, chronobiology or who were, went deeper in its uh, decoding. So it, it is really a subject now that um, that's, uh, is seeing intense research around the world. And it's more and more clear that we, we need very much to be linked to the, the rhythm of light uh, from, from the day daylight to, so that our inner clock is properly entrained. And if you have lacks uh, um, around that, um, it has uh, short-term effects. Uh, you can have insomnia or sleep badly or stress. And, um, or we all know things like jet lag when we shift quickly uh, our rhythm in, in relation with the uh, environment where we are. The consequences are very unpleasant. Uh, but more worryingly, there also are long-term consequences. And it's now this kind of uh, desynchronization has been linked to many chronic illnesses, uh, including diabetes, cancer, and, and things like that. So this connection with the circadian rhythm is, is another key to our health. And it so happens that it's intimately linked to the blue part of the spectrum, because that's where uh, we are sensors in the retina um, that are connected to our hypothalamus, the core of the brain that, that really regulates our whole hormonal balance. And these sensors are specifically uh, tuned to the blue part of the spectrum. So 
whenever you look at an artificial source of light, it's very important to see um, how much blue light it emits uh, as, as part of its overall spectrum. Um, and again, when you look at sunlight, it's about balanced with red and infrared. And same thing with incandescence. Uh, but um, with LEDs and fluorescent, you can easily have versions of them which have a much higher portion of blue. And what that means is that they will impact much more than these other sources of light, our circadian clock. And so they have more potential to, to desynchronize if we have them at the wrong time of the day, if we have them in the evening, for example. The... Um... Yeah, it is part of my light practice that I took up was uh, going outside at sunrise every morning to take in the the light from the sun as it comes up to set my circadian clock rhythm. Very healthy. Yeah, it really um, has made an impact and it's one that uh, I... I know that as I got educated on it, I tried to roll in a few pieces of light practice to uh, help combat all this stressful light that we're around. Yeah, again, if you have that luxury, it's the best. Um, Unfortunately, often, especially in in, in Nordic countries, uh, there's not enough sunlight and we tend to live indoors most of the day. So for many people, it's an issue not to be in contact with enough bright sunlight yeah, properly in training clock, and that's where the whole field of um, uh, what's called bright light therapy has emerged, uh, where you use bright light, uh, artificial light in the morning to kind of uh, resync, so like ten thousand lux sources for LCD, and, and by now everybody has heard of it. So yeah. it's an example of uh, trying to remediate uh, with artificial light uh, some of the um, uh, lacks that we may have in terms of natural light. Another thing I want to explore with you is this concept around the, you know, the vibrational nature of light and the interaction between light biology and consciousness. And we briefly touch us in our pre-show discussion, but this interaction of light and consciousness is a really fascinating uh, area. And I know it's one that you love to, uh, to talk about and to explore. So what can you share with everybody uh, in, in that area? Yeah, it is a vast subject, uh, Dan. Yes. And um, um, well, if you want to talk about um, vibrations, uh, light is pretty much the ultimate form of vibration that we have uh, around us in, in our uh, regular daily life. Light is pure vibration. Photons are electromagnetic waves. And um, as such, they have specific frequencies. And you, there's a whole field of um, what's called various names like energy medicine or vibrational medicine that is starting to explore um, the effects of these, uh, um, these various frequencies uh, on our on biology and on our health. And it's the way it's a way of looking at life in terms of energy rather than in terms of biochemistry. And um, like we've been focusing, the whole medical field has been focusing most of its energy on biochemistry for the past decades. But there's gradually a shift that's uh, happening now, 
to consider more the energetic aspects of uh, the interaction between fields and life. And it's still um, in the early stages of um, discovery and exploration, which is why it's still remaining kind of in, in the margins of uh, mainstream medicine. But that is changing and evolving. There's more and more um, discoveries and, and studies and, and uh, um, a highly qualified scientist exploring the field. And so when you start to touch uh, uh, on light in its vibrational aspect as a frequency, um, then you can use it in all kinds of new ways. And as I mentioned, you usually it's more under the form of, of colors, pure colors. And because we, it's, we know pretty much from our own experience that colors uh, have a very strong um, effect on us. We, we, uh, if you look at the pure rainbow, there's hardly anything more beautiful in our, in our environment. We're fascinated by, fascinated by it in a very natural way. These pure colors attract us. It's uh, uh, built in, in our whole uh, um, uh, sensorial system, this, this, uh, the importance of, of colors. Uh, so when you start to use pure colors, you touch more into an area of perception, of cognition, um, uh, and because then you you, um, you start to touch more in the way that, that uh, a color has a, a, a deep effect on, on our psyche. We all have a very personal relation with colors. Some colors we love, some we right. don't like so much. And um, so when you start to work um, in a, um, um, a coherent way with um, different colors, different frequencies of light, um, there are many systems of healing that are based on, on that um, uh, evolved, sophisticated ways to work with different colors to bring consciousness in different directions. And that's used for uh, different forms of healing and, and, and psychotherapy. Uh, it's, it can be helpful for depression, for um, uh, PTSD, for insomnia, for um, chronic pain. There are many areas where colors, pure colors, uh, uh, have a very direct and effective effect on, on us. And that's actually the, the area where I work myself, where I create instruments to work in that direction. Yeah, the complexity of this and the when you realize like I'm wearing green today, green has always been like my favorite color ever since I was a kid. I've always gravitated toward green and green colors uh, very strongly. And I've always been very not aligned with things like orange or brown. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting that you subtly gravitate towards these things and you don't even really realize you're doing it, but there's real reason behind it. Right. There are techniques, um, color testing techniques, which can draw a whole profile, psychological and, and um, health profile of a person just according to their color choices it's a very interesting field in yeah. itself yeah the another area was um you know lighting designed to provide you with sense of well-being and re revitalization and i know your sensora uh products are aligned there uh, and i'd love for you to share a little bit about what you're doing there and and how it you know does 
aligned with the sense of well-being and revitalization for all of us? Um, yeah, the instruments I create, of course, work with pure colors, uh, and and so they they have uh, they generate this this um, wonder that pure colors can can bring in you. And there's also another dimension that I introduce in there, which is that the fact that light is a perfect medium to modulate. Um, naturally, all our telecommunication is based on on light modulation, uh, light light fibers. And um, we know that uh, you can modulate light in many ways. With, you can modulate intensity, phase, frequency, and so on. And there's a whole range um, of low frequencies that um, are relevant to our own inner rhythms, our biorhythms. And when you start to, to, have, to modulate light at these lower frequencies, uh, you can interact with these biorhythms in very beneficial ways. That's the whole field of um, it's sometimes called uh, audiovisual stimulation, um, because one of the main uh, biorhythm that that you can entrain in this way are brain waves. Um, brain waves, it, it's a whole world in itself. Um, we've all heard of, of alpha waves and, and uh, the different bands of, of brain waves, and each band corresponds to a certain mental state. And through this phenomenon of entrainment, you can um, encourage the brain to fall in sync with a sensorial stimulus, whether it is light or sound or, or even uh, kinesthetic. And so when you have, when you, you have uh, light signals that have built-in pulsations in the, the certain frequency ranges, you kind of amplify their uh, potential effects. It's, now it's not only a pure color, it's also a pure color that, that pulsates and vibrates and that can interact with your own biorhythms. And that, that's very much the area I've been uh, focusing on in recent years with uh, my Sensora and Sensosphere um, uh, devices. The Sensora is for therapists, it's a professional installation. And Sensosphere is, is a smaller, it's a light globe that I uh, created so that people could have it in their home based on this on similar technology and principles yeah i'm excited to uh, get one of the home versions myself for our meditation and yoga room uh and uh, well, all of our environment but in particular in, in that setting um it would be a wonderful addition so i'm excited about that <laughs> they are beautiful yes yeah the um complexity of this vehicle that we all are in the human body uh it just astounds me you know more and more uh realizing the amount of sensors we have the amount of ways that we consume everything let, let alone light but all things and um when you look at the current times we're in and the current situations with um, the health risks and all those things. Are there particular things from light from the immunity angle or from the health improvement angle that uh, are things that you could point out uh, on why we should be paying attention to particular pieces of light? Certainly. Um, well, one of the most obvious is the um, vitamin D aspect. Yeah. Uh, 
great one. We we need vitamin D for immunity. It's it's key to to immunity, and, and most people in Western countries lack vitamin D, or many do. Um, our primary source of vitamin D is sunlight. It's the uh, UVB part of the, the light spectrum. Um, and we usually don't have enough of that. Uh, first of all, because in northern countries, uh, there's just not that much UV uh, present. And second, even in summertime when there is, we tend to mask it. We, we apply sunscreen. We are afraid to go out in the sun. and. Um, Naturally, there are very good reasons for that because there is a risk of uh, skin cancer that, that's very real and that you have to uh, be very careful about. But it's it's a matter of balance. You don't want to uh, stop getting any sunlight, going to the other extreme, which is uh, kind of uh, what many uh, many of us are doing now. And you you do need a bit of sunlight uh, to to get that vitamin D in your system uh, to get the immunity up. So that's one aspect. Another aspect is to try not to be around unhealthy sources of light, which will depress your whole your whole energy, your whole uh, and indirectly your immunity. And that's the we just touched on the the uh, spectrum aspect. You don't want light sources that will have an excess of blue light, especially in the evening time in your homes. Uh, so we have to be careful and now it, it's quite easy to select light bulbs that have low uh, um, color temperature like below 3000 k and when you for use in home uh, especially after uh, suns, uh, sunset uh, it, you might want to use them in full daytime to uh, because they will bring up uh, um, your uh, stimulate you in some way, but uh, you certainly don't want them at night. So it's a matter of selecting uh, the proper kind of LED light bulbs, uh, or if you can manage it, go to incandescence uh, as you've been able to do. <laughs> then there's still another aspect that that's um, not so well known about, and it's the fact that many of the new LED light bulbs emit a very noisy light. It's not a, a stable, clean uh, emission of light. It's heavily pulsed by the electronic circuit driving the LEDs. Um, that is not healthy. That, that also uh, contributes to environmental stress that will depress your immunity, uh, even if you're not necessarily aware of it. Th these are tiny effects in the same way that uh, uh, radio waves and electromagnetic fields can contribute to suppressing immunity. It, it's a whole other topic. Um, light also, uh, which is very noisy, is, is to be avoided. And again, uh, it's a matter of selecting uh, the lights that you put in your homes, because some light bulbs are quite clean and some are very noisy. And the unfortunate thing is that it's it's difficult to identify. It's not written on the label. There's no, uh, there's no standards in the industry for that uh, yet. Uh, so you have to rely on... on um, different instruments uh, to, to detect um, light bulbs, which are very noisy. And I'm, I'm, I'm making such a, uh, an instrument that I provide on my website, uh, the light B. So it's another aspect that, at least in your home, you want to have light source that will not contribute to uh, environmental stress and, um, and directly diminish immunity. 
And then, of course, if you want to go on the positive side, uh, you can use things like uh, uh, if you're liking sunlight, like bright light for SED, uh, and you can use um, infrared, near-infrared light sources to for photobiomodulation. Now you can find on the web uh, an amazing number of devices uh, with red and near-infrared light, uh, and to be applied in all kinds of different ways on skin, on bones. Uh, for the eyes, for the teeth, um, even for the brain, for transcranial use. So you can to kind of bring it, compensate from the lack of, of artificial sunlight with those uh, instruments where, where you specifically use uh, um, photobiomodulation for healing purposes. Yeah, neat. Well, we are uh, flying through our time uh, as always, and this is a big and vast topic. So I appreciate you uh, trying to summarize this into smaller bits to at least spark people's curiosity and get people to uh, to dive in and question this some more. Uh, a couple things I always ask every guest as we wind up. One is, I call it the one thing moment, but it's really around um, what What's one thing people could take away today? If you were to say one thing, uh, what would it be you would want them to walk away and impact their life uh, with today and you know in the months following? I would say it's um, learn to respect light. Um, learn to realize how important and essential it is in our life and for our health. Um, that means both uh, avoiding unhealthy sources of light around you and looking for the healthy sources of light as well, natural light, sunlight. So just becoming more aware of that. Yeah. I actually think it's a really elegant statement. Learn to respect light. I, I think the, um, I know for me, looking back, I did not respect the light. I just took it as a given. I accepted it any way it was given to me. And I really did not respect it for the complexities and the power that's really there. So I, I like that. I like that statement mm -hmm. a lot. Um, the, the last general question I ask everybody is a little bit of a funny one, but it's it's got a, a bigger purpose um, in that I call it a cauliflower moment. And this, this is a moment where you had a belief about something and you never stopped and questioned it. And then you found out, wow, that belief was really wrong. And I use cauliflower as my metaphor because as a kid, I hated cauliflower and my mom's cooked it. It stunk up the house. It was soggy and I never enjoyed eating it. And then the healthier I got in life, I realized that, wow, cauliflower is a powerful, powerful nutrient. And so then I now enjoy it at least three to times or more every week. And I, I'm fascinated by this belief thing where I had it so wrong, but I never stopped and questioned it. So what resonates with you when I ask you that <laughs> question? It can be anything. That's, that's a tough one, man. <laughs> it can be as simple as cauliflower. Or it can be as complex as Light is an amazing cauliflower <laughs> moment all yeah. in itself. So, well, I guess I'd have to go back to my um, teen years, um, and maybe one defining discovery for me was um, 
uh, to discover the dimension of meditation. Oh, and to to um, just just through some books, through some um, um, reading about uh, ancient Zen masters. That's how it happened for me. And uh, just to become aware, it, it was quite a sudden realization for me that, that there is a whole dimension to be explored within. If you close your eyes and look within, that, that we're just not uh, um, taught about much in, in our societies. And just that first realization triggered the whole process that, that um, continued my whole life. So I'd say that would be my cauliflower moment <laughs> for me. <laughs> I love it. It's actually a fantastic one. And boy, I wish I would have had that realization much earlier in my life. It didn't come to me until the last several years that I really respected and understood and started to let that part of the inner journey happen. But um, that's a really important cauliflower moment. And I hope uh, by you saying it and all of us saying it, it'll continue to lead other people to have it. Um, how can people connect with you, get more information, dive deeper into light, uh, as their call farm roaming around light is happening right now. Um, how, how best to, uh, get people some more information. Well, probably the easiest way is, is to, um, um, if you want to learn more about the field is to look into my book, uh, light therapies, which I, I created specifically to, to introduce uh, this, the whole, uh, as many aspects of the field in, in a simple way uh, for people. Um, and you can learn about the book on, on the website that's called light-therapies.com. And then, of course, uh, you can look at my website, sensora.com, to see the instruments that I, uh, that I produce. And uh, a beautiful uh, place to get a lot of information about the healing properties of light is the International Light Association. Um, it's international-light-association.org. And it's a group of uh, people around the planet uh, working in the field that, that has come together. And um, there's a YouTube channel. There's a lot of information there. And there's a radio talk show every couple of weeks these days. And, interviewing people on the subject. So that's a very nice source of information. That's great. Yeah, I know that you were president of, of that association for a number of years. So right. yeah. I've uh, explored information there and it's, it's a wonderful place. I'll make sure and include the links uh, in the show notes for everybody to uh, make sure they know that would be how, nice. how to get out and get in reach with you. Listen, thank you, Anadi. I really appreciate your time today. And I know you have a snowy backdrop on where you're living. It looks beautiful. So hopefully you're able to go out and enjoy some of that. Yeah, lots of bright light around. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Doug.